Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. It is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled, we're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time Friday. This is the broadcast for January 21st in the year of our Lord, 2022. Ladies and gentlemen, our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country in the traditions of our founding fathers. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. I'm dispensing of our normal recap of the previous day's broadcast because we have a barn burner show for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Carlson with me. And Chris Carlson has a lot to discuss, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Yes, sir. Without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord, Sam, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson reporting for duty, sir. You're very welcome, and welcome to the broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, a lot of people talk about the Jews. A lot of people talk about the Vatican. A lot of people point fingers everywhere about global government, about corruption, uh, about uh, all kinds of different things. And it gets very racial. Uh, it gets very uh, difficult to, to ferret through and understand. Uh, some of it's conspiracy, some of it's conjecture, some of it's, I mean, it's all over the map, right? Some of it's filled with anger. Uh, the second you make a claim, someone says, oh, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're a this, you're a that, you're a whatever. I want to set all that aside, ladies and gentlemen, for a minute. And I want to be very candid about reality uh, in the world today. You got to understand what it once was. You got to understand what it is. And you got to understand what it will be if you want to have a real perspective on some of these very complicated discussions but ladies and gentlemen let's start by understanding that is it really all about the jews do we just want to single out one of the 12 tribes and just attack 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 or do we want to be realistic about god's promises biblically over the centuries over the millennia do we want to understand the origins of blessings and the guidance given by god through the bible that's where i think it starts chris uh, and I think we start by uh, really articulating that you are helping people understand the biblical reality of this, family members and loved ones and friends. And so you put together some documentation that we shot, which, that we thought you would share with the audience. Go yeah, ahead, so I'm, go <clears throat> I'm going to entitle this show, Sam, The Tribe of Joseph. His seed shall become, become a multitude of nations. And that's a biblical quote. From the book of Genesis, chapter 48, verse 19. Uh, after blessing uh, his sons, uh, Manasseh and Ephraim, Sam, Jacob uh, said that Ephraim shall become a multitude of nations. And that was a prophecy that, that we've seen fulfilled over and over and over again in the people who are primarily descendants of what we refer to as Europeans. Okay, that would include you and me. And I hope James Edwards is listening this morning, Sam, because I, I think he will appreciate some of the things that we will be discussing today because he talks about uh, the people here in America who are primarily of European extraction, you know, who he is an advocate for, just like black people are advocates for their own people or Hispanic people are advocates for their people, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'm going to make a biblical connection to that um, <clears throat> that. Uh, feeling there's those sentiments that James Edwards often has about people of European extraction. 
And I'm going to make a very bold claim, and I'm going to be able to back this up, Sam, by reading scriptures in the Old Testament, um, that the pe people who we refer to as people of European extraction are primarily of the house of Joseph, and specifically through his son Ephraim. He had two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, and he blessed them both. And uh, normally the, the firstborn, who was Manasseh in this case, would receive the birthright blessing, for, but for whatever reason, uh, Joseph uh, designated, or actually it wasn't Joseph, correction, it was Joseph's father, Jacob. When he gave the birthright blessing to all t 12 of his children, we don't need to go through all those names, of which one was Judah, as you'll recall. Now, Judah, the tribe of Judah, uh, he is the progenitor of modern-day Jews. But we have to remember, Sam, that there were 12 tribes. Jacob had 12 children, all of which were designated as the house of Israel, not just Judah. And that's a big mistake that a lot of Christians make today. They think uh, the Jews represent all 12 tribes. But if you read the Bible, as you and I have done, Sam, you will realize that this is not true, specifically modern-day evangelical Christians. So they have different ceremonies like Honor the Jews Night, and uh, they basically look at the Jews as, as the last remnant of God's house of Israel that he designated under Joseph uh, way back in biblical times. Now, I'm going to try to prove, not beyond a shadow of a doubt, because I don't think I can do that, but there is a multitude of circumstantial evidence in the Bible that demonstrates that people of European extraction are the primary descendants of Joseph through his son Ephraim. And I'm going to do that by first reading from Exodus chapter 49, verses 22 through 26. Now, this is the birthright blessing of Joseph. Uh, it begins, Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by, by a well whose branches run over the wall. Now that is very symbolic, Sam. Do you know what that means? Well, it means that the prosperity of Joseph, the uh, population of Joseph uh, is so tremendous that it really is scattered all over the world. Yep. Far and wide upon the face of the earth, Sam. And that's just the first verse. Um, we could go on. Let's skip down to um, 25. And it says, let's go, let's go to 24. But his bow abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the uh, mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. And then 25 reads, by the, uh, the God of thy father, who shall help thee. And by the Almighty who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under. Uh, da, 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 I'm skipping forward because I've got notes here. Of Joseph will be prospered. Okay. Of Joseph will be prospered as Joseph himself has prospered in Egypt. Oh, those are my notes. Sorry. Blessings of the breasts and of the womb. This refers to the fact that the seed of Joseph will be populous. The blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of of my progenitors under the utmost bound of the everlasting hills they shall be on the head of joseph and on his crown um, of the head of him that was separated from his brethren and that's a reference to joseph who is an allusion uh to what his pros his progeny will experience in these latter days and here's the clincher 
Uh, and I read it, and this is in Genesis 48:19. And this is what Jacob said while he was blessing uh, Jacob's two sons. Uh, excuse me, Joseph's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. He says, and his seed, referring to Ephraim, shall become a multitude of All right, we lost Chris. We'll get him back in a second. But the point here, ladies and gentlemen, is, you know, of the 12 tribes of Israel, Jacob's sons, if you will, Judah gets the focus over and over and over through history. Judah gets the focus in the latter days, the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, the Jews. And what's really poignant to understand and remember here is that there are blessings to all 12 tribes, not just Judah. And believe it or not, the youngest son had the coat of many colors, had tremendous, tremendous blessings that most people biblically are not aware of, are not familiar with, are not cognizant of. Again, remember, we have very rich blessings of prosperity, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about the prosperity of the sojourn in Egypt of Joseph. Remember, he was made right-hand man to Pharaoh, and he was given tremendous blessings from God Almighty, and those blessings allowed him to be very uh, influential uh, in preparing Pharaoh uh, and others. And the point here is that those blessings extend way beyond Joseph's lives or his life. Um, remember, these blessings were given after the biblical account primarily, right? So we have to conclude that it's future blessings that we're talking about. Many of these groups have blessings that they should be grateful for many of the different tribes but joseph in particular ladies and gentlemen all right after this blessing that was given jacob reiterated the fact that ephraim will be a seed listen shall become a multitude of nations so what happened was that jacob gave joseph incredible blessings and that resulted to joseph's sons ephraim and manasseh it's important to understand this lineage because the point we're making here is you know what we hear judah 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 the jews the jews the jews and we attack or we praise depending on which side of the aisle we're on uh, but yet what about the lineage of joseph tremendous blessings promised in these biblical accounts ladies and gentlemen all right where are the multitudes of the nations today that are from joseph through Ephraim and Manasseh's lineage, right? The Jews get an honorable mention in a lot of this, but it's really about Joseph. His brothers hated him. His brothers sold him into Egypt. Okay, but yet God had his hand on Joseph, and Jacob understood this and gave the coat of many colors to Joseph. Ladies and gentlemen, modern-day Jews, although great candidates for these blessings, are not the heirs because they are of the tribe of Judah, not Joseph. Although the tribe of Judah does have plenty of blessings, we can talk about that when we come back. Chris shall continue. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live.
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's gonna do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Carlson with me. We're talking about scripture. We're talking about history. We're talking about lineage, ladies and gentlemen. And you hear Jews, Jews, Jews. But what about the tribe of Joseph, another one of Jacob's sons, who really received the greatest birthright? The coat of many colors points it out. All the rest of the brothers hated his guts. But you know what? He was blessed by God. He was protected by Pharaoh. He became the right-hand man. And those blessings extend through time as you biblically understand most people don't know the story of joseph and the history really most people don't understand his sons ephraim and manasseh who had rich blessings the jews get honorable mention but the real blessings biblically are on the head of joseph through his children ephraim and manasseh chris yeah and a lot of people think that all 12 tribes uh, are jewish <clears throat> that's not true Moses was not Jewish. Abraham was not Jewish. Isaac was not Jewish. Um, <clears throat> uh, Joshua, the great military commander who went into the land of Canaan and conquered all of those nations, believe it or not, he was not Jewish. Samson, the great strong man, he was not Jewish. And uh, let me just tell you why I wrote this letter. This is actually a letter I wrote to a relative, and I'm not going to mention that, that relative's name. I don't want to you know, make that individual feel uncomfortable. But like you said, modern day, and like I said, Sam, uh, modern day evangelical Christians, they have it in their mind that there is one group of people that represents uh, ancient Israel, and that is the Jews. But if you just read the Bible from the beginning, you'll realize that there were 12 tribes. Now, 10 of those tribes, uh, around about 721 B.C., 
uh, were scattered throughout the world by uh, Assyrian generals. And that was because of their disobedience, Sam. Among the, one of those tribes, or one of those tribes, was the tribe of Joseph. But Joseph, like you said, Sam, and this is a little bit confusing, so I'm going to take this uh, slowly. So Joseph, when he was sold into Egypt, he married and he had posterity. Uh, his firstborn was named Manasseh. His secondborn was named Ephraim. Now, of those two, when uh, Joseph's father put his hands on Joseph's two sons' heads, he actually crisscrossed his arms so that his right hand went on Ephraim, the secondborn, and his left hand went on Manasseh, the firstborn, which was indicating that he was actually giving the birthright blessing, which normally goes to the firstborn to the secondborn, which is Ephraim. Now, that means a lot, and I don't this, – the, the, the entire meaning of the birthright blessing, and I, I'm going to read some scriptures to back this up, does not mean that you're better or more important or more beloved by God than any other tribe in, of the house of Israel. It just means that there's a responsibility to do certain things, and we're going to get into what those responsibilities that now lie on the head of Joseph through his second-born son, Ephraim, entail. But he gave that birthright blessing to Ephraim, the second-born of Joseph. And I've got a scripture that illustrates that. Uh, this is in Deuteronomy. Uh, no, let's, before we read that, I'm going to read uh, Jeremiah 31.9. You can, the listening audience can confirm this. I say another confirmation of the tribe of Joseph's birthright blessing through the loins of Ephraim can be found in the book of Jeremiah. And it says, I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn, Jeremiah 31.9. Okay? Now, as far as the responsibilities and obligations that I alluded to earlier that, that uh, devolve upon the head of that firstborn, we turn to Deuteronomy 32.17. And this is very symbolic, and I'm going to read it slowly so that your listening audience can, can digest it, Sam. It reads, his glory is like the firstling of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of unicorns. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth, and they are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and they are the thousands of Manasseh. Okay, notice reference to Ephraim and Manasseh, the two sons of Joseph. Now let's go back and, and let's review what I just read, because it, it, it's very metaphorical, Sam. So his glory is like the firstling of his bullock. I think that re refers to the glory of God and, and the blessings that will be bestowed upon him. And listen to this. This is the, the, the more illustrative point of the obligation that lies on the shoulders of Ephraim. And his horns are like the horns of, the, of unicorns, which is symbolic of power. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth. Now, what does that mean, Sam? He shall push the people together to the ends of the earth. That sounds complex, I, right? Yeah. I, I, and and it, unless it, you realize, unless you realize the biblical history of blessings and how the Lord uses unique birthrights to bless the world, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so this probably doesn't have a reference to things that would happen in the immediate future when this um, when this scripture was written. 
I believe it has to do with missionary work. Now, you think about all the missionary work that Christians do throughout the world in Africa, South America, and Asia. Who are primarily those missionaries, and, and where do they hail from? They're primarily individuals of European extraction, if you think about it. North America, uh, Australia, the European countries. Those that's are the because people. They all, the that's because they all pushed north, says the Bible. Mm-hmm. Well, but, but this this is as a reference, Sam, to missionary work. Let me read that again. Okay, and his horns are like the horns of unicorns. Now, unicorns, obviously, unicorns don't exist. But if you look up unicorns in the Bible dictionary, it has a reference uh, to a certain animal that is no longer in existence. It's extinct, but it was a very powerful, uh, like uh, bovine type animal that apparently was distinct, extinct because it was so powerful and dangerous that people finally eradicated it from the, from the face of the earth. But it's symbolic of power. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth. This has a reference to missionary work, Sam. And if you think about all the missionaries throughout the world, like I said, they're primarily individuals of European extraction. And, like I said, they are descendants of Joseph through his son, his second-born son, Ephraim, upon whose shoulders uh, rests the responsibility to gather the rest of Israel through missionary work. That's what this um, scripture is referring to, Sam. Okay, so, so the house of Joseph— Now, let, let's be very clear, because people are a little bit, you know, kind of confused on this. So remember, you got Jacob and Esau. In the very beginning, right? And Jacob received the blessing because Esau threw it away. He sold it Jacob for a bowl got, of Jacob, Jacob, even though the second son got the birthright. That continues through Jacob's sons. The eldest Judah, or I'm sorry, the eldest Reuben did not get the blessing because he be or defiled his father's bed. That gets very complicated about lineage and women and concubines and all kinds of strange stuff. But nevertheless, the fact is Reuben was passed over. Why? Because he uh, committed sin and angered. With Jacob's concubine, I think it was Bilhah. That's right. So uh, as a result, though, the point is the birthright passed. Do you know why Reuben's birthright was taken from him and given to Joseph? you got to understand that because that's critical to understand why Joseph has the birthright and the primary blessing, ladies and gentlemen. That's really important to understand remember joseph is considered the son of israel now because of the birthright right exactly now why right. it passed through, through the, the the 10 older brothers uh i don't know if we'll ever know we know you know why it was uh, relinquished by reuben because he slept with his father's concubine which is a no-no so you, you tend to lose your birthright under those conditions yeah we partially know why though because all of them literally betrayed their brother betrayed their father, sold Joseph into Egypt. They all participated in that reality. They debated on it. They first threw him in a pit, then they sold him as a slave. Okay, they were all part of this cabal because they hated Joseph. They knew that their father loved Joseph. They knew there was something special there. They knew God's hand was on Joseph, and they just simply couldn't stand it. Now, whether that's the reason God chose Joseph or not, I don't know. I submit to you that it's, that it's part of the puzzle. Uh, we certainly don't know God's mind and will on the matter, uh, but we know what God did, and that's the point. Yep. 
Yep. So, and really quick, as, as a reference to that um, incident that we referred to where Reuben slept with um, his father's concubine, we can find that in First Chronicles 5, 1 through 2. I'll read that really quick. And again, it makes reference to the birthright blessing. Now, the sons of Reuben, the firstborn of Israel, for he was the firstborn, forasmuch as he defiled his father's bed, his birthright was given unto the sons of Joseph, the son of Israel. And we'll leave it All right, that. back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Carlson on your radio. We're talking about the biblical reality of the lineage of Joseph through the loins of Ephraim, his son. And we're talking about birthrights and God's blessings and how God will use Ephraim to bless the world on your radio. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pry. Grammy winner Meatloaf died Thursday night with his wife Deborah by his side. Meatloaf's longtime friend and agent Michael Green says he was 74 years old. A cause of death is not being released. Austria's lower house of parliament voted on Thursday in favor of making COVID-19 vaccinations mandatory by law for most adults starting 1 February. Austria is a landlocked country between Switzerland and Hungary. Ventura and Los Angeles counties in California violated the Constitution's right to keep and bear arms when they shut down gun and ammunition stores in 2020 as non-essential businesses during the coronavirus pandemic. A federal appeals court made the ruling Thursday. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals rejected lower court rulings, stating governments cannot use a crisis to trample on the constitutional rights of citizens. USA Radio News. I know you've been waiting a little bit longer than normal. Jen's manicure spot needs an extra pair of hands. Who's at the front desk right now? Someone who's handy with everything from nail files to spreadsheet files. Nidra's not coming in today, but we have that whole bachelorette Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Mike Lindell, the inveteran CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products. If you go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special, deep discounts on all MyPillow products, like the buy one, get one free special on Giza Dream Sheets. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee, 10-year warranty. Call 1-800-951-8175 or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener special. Use my promo code USA. As Arizona wants to loosen mask mandates in schools, there is a threat from the federal government to shut down their funding. Arizona's Republican AG Mark Burnovich is urging Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen to not defund Arizona schools as the state encourages anti-mask policies. This comes as the Biden administration targets Arizona and other states they say allocated their COVID relief money to other programs that discourage mask wearing and following federal health guidance. E.G. Bernovich joins Fox Business to weigh in. What the Biden administration is doing is trying to systematically um, undermine our constitutional rights. And whether that's, you know, what they've done on the southern border, whether it's nationalizing our elections, and now this attempt to insert conditions into federal statutes that Congress didn't include. 
From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. National Football League playoffs continue Saturday and Sunday. USA Radio News. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Special blessings all along the way. Jacob literally gave Joseph the birthright. Joseph gave Ephraim the birthright. Ladies and gentlemen, Reuben's birthright. Reuben was the firstborn of the 12, but he lost it. It went to Joseph. We can speculate on why, but there you have it. We know what God did biblically. The name of Joseph and his lineage through Ephraim plays a prominent role in world history, ladies and gentlemen. Most Americans might not know this, but the truth is God knows. And this world history reality is really important to highlight, ladies and gentlemen. And we wanted to focus on it today for you so that you understand the fact that these 12 tribes may have been lost from history, but they have not been lost from the knowledge of God. The great promises continue is the point, Chris. And and when you read that birthright blessing, all of the blessings are great. So I don't mean to alienate any of the tribes, including the tribe of Judah, because they have some rich promises too, one of which was that Jesus Christ would come through their lineage. That's a pretty rich blessing, don't you think, Sam? Um, you know, Joseph, I think, and I'm a little biased because I am of the tribe of Ephraim, I believe that his blessing was probably the, the I'm not going to say the best because then that makes it sound like I'm setting myself up as superior to other people, which I'm not, and I'm not trying to do in this, uh, in this conversation, obviously. But there's a lot there. There's a lot to be grateful for, and there's also a lot to be responsible for. Because when you have the birthright blessing, upon your shoulder lies a great, great deal of responsibility. And that's what I want to emphasize. So people of European extraction, we have a great deal of responsibility to gather the other ten tribes around the world, wherever they may be. And they were scattered. So when were they scattered? Well, let's talk about that. So I'm in the first book of Kings, chapter 12, 14, and this is where you remember Rehoboam was Solomon's son. And Solomon was pretty oppressive. You know, at the very end of his kingdom, he, he lived very extravagantly. He had, um, I think he had 700 concubines and 300 wives, and that's some pretty expensive living. So he had to tax the, the tribes of Israel uh, heavily. And when Rehoboam assumed, that was Solomon's son, Rehoboam assumed the kingdom, he continued that oppression, but the people were not happy with it, okay? And he, he made this statement. When the people appealed to Rehoboam saying, can you lighten our taxes? You're, you're oppressing us with, with these taxes because of your extravagant living that was started by his father. He said, and now whereas my father did lay you with a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father has chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. Now, that was a bridge too far for 10 of the 12 tribes of Israel. Okay, And the primary tribe that took leadership in the secession movement, James Edwards, uh, Israel actually seceded in about, I guess this is about, oh, a thousand years B.C., somewhere around there. Um the, the, the man who took the leadership was a man by the name of Jeroboam. Jeroboam was a very cunning leader. Uh, he had uh, very strong leadership 
uh, personality, and he led the ten tribes to secede from the tribe of Judah and half of the tribe of Benjamin, and that's what created the northern tribe, or the northern kingdom, sorry. In the northern kingdom, if you'll read the Bible, specifically in the book of First Kings, you'll notice, Sam, that the northern tribe of Israel, I keep saying tribe, the northern kingdom of Israel is often referred to as the kingdom of Ephraim. And a lot of people, when they read that, they, they gloss over that and say, well, why would that? they, you know, refer to the northern kingdom of Israel as Ephraim? And the simple reason, Sam, is because most of the leadership that was taken uh, in, in the northern kingdom was taken from the tribe of Ephraim because the people of Ephraim at that time and today, I would suggest, have uh, pretty good leadership skills. They're good leaders. Okay, and we can kind of see that in people of European extraction. Okay, so by about but about, by about 720 BC, as time went on, the northern kingdom became more and more degenerate, just like we are becoming degenerate today, Sam. And the Lord finally said, "Okay, I'm no longer going to hold uphold my end of the covenant which I made with you that you would live in peace and prosperity." And I'm going to let you suffer the consequences of your actions. And he basically let the kingdom of Assyria come in, conquer them. And the ten tribes at that point, Sam, at about 721 B.C., became scattered throughout the world. Now, at this point, most modern-day Christians, especially evangelicals, and I don't mean to click on the evangelicals, but this is nonetheless true, think that they no longer existed on the face of the earth. I guess they think that they got abducted by aliens or something. I don't know. I'm being a little facetious here, and I, I apologize. But, but they don't recognize the fact that even though these ten lost tribes were lost to history, they were not lost to God. They had to go somewhere. And I do have a, a bit of evidence, and feel free to chime in whenever you want. Now, this is an obscure scripture from the book of Esther's. It's in the Apocrypha. I realize it's not in most people's canon of Scripture, but I would like to read it, and if I can find it. But they took counsel. Okay, so this is Second uh, Esther 13, and this is from the Apocrypha, something that most Christians don't even have access to. But they took this counsel. This is talking about the, the lost ten tribes. But they took this counsel among themselves, and they would leave the multitude of the heathen and go forth into a further country where never mankind dwelt, that they might there keep their statutes, which they never kept in their own land, which is true. We just talked about that. And they entered into Euphrates by the narrow place of the river, for the Most High then shewed signs for them and held still the flood till they were passed over. For through that country there was great way to go, namely of a year and a half, Interesting, a year and a half. That's probably how long it would have ta taken a group of people to migrate from that area of the country, the Middle East, up into uh, Great Britain, Germany, uh, Scandinavia, and then they called the, the land that they went to Asareth. And they do, and I, my friend, the Irish and the Scottish and the like. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the Scottish specifically from the Highlands, right? <laughs> That's where you hail from your genealogy. Anyway, so that's, that's enough of that scripture. 
the, the, point, the is, point is, biblically, though, the people were scattered all over the earth. Most people don't know about the other 11 tribes. We hear Judah forever, but we don't talk much about Joseph, Ephraim, and Manasseh, who were given tremendous blessings. So were some of the other tribes in time as the world's history unfolds. But make no mistake, uh, the battle between the Christians and the Jews is a hot one. Okay, you got to learn why Reuben's birthright was taken from him. You got to realize why Judah didn't get the birthright. You got to realize that the name of Joseph, through his lineage, his son Ephraim, is critical in terms of spreading the gospel of Christ. The gospel would be taken from the Jews, given to the Gentiles, and eventually, over time, the Jews will come around through missionary work. But understand that why do our Christian leaders tell us that we are mere Gentiles? while modern-day Jews are God's chosen people. You know what? The truth is, uh, you know what? God has blessings for all, and Joseph's blessings ought not be second fiddle. That isn't the way the Bible reads, ladies and gentlemen. Chris? Yeah, and I would like to reiterate uh, something that you just quoted um, from the book. I believe this is the book of Matthew 21. Um Christ said, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you, referring to uh, the kingdom of Judah, and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. I believe that's fulfillment of Latter-day prophecy that America would rise to power, Canada, European nations, Australia, all the, the primarily European extraction nations would then rise to power and would spread the gospel sand throughout the world and bless all nations in the world, including eventually China, hopefully, uh, with the good word of Jesus Christ, because Jesus is the Savior of all mankind, whether you're a member of a particular tribe or not. He loves all his children. And upon the shoulders of Ephraim, the responsibility lies to that truth. And I think we've done a pretty good job of it, you know, over the last two to 400 years. Even longer, you know, considered the conquistadores and you know, all the efforts throughout uh, European history to try to convert uh, other nations to Christianity. Now understand, so, ladies and gentlemen, that with the rich blessings and rich promises comes tremendous responsibility. And that's why those who are from the tribe of Ephraim, through the lines, loins of Joseph, to Jacob, to Isaac, Abraham, right? It, it all goes on. Uh, this is serious to understand, ladies and gentlemen, those before Jacob, they weren't Jews, right? They were Levites. Nope. And it's important to understand that lineage, God has put his blessings on those who he deems worthy and who he blesses with a goal of blessing all of his children. Thus, the missionary work converting people to Christ. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? in churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not 
need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. If the COVID-19 shot is safe and effective, then why are 20% of healthcare workers refusing to get it? If the COVID-19 injection is safe and effective, then why is big tech silencing anyone who opposes it? If the COVID injection is safe and effective, then why is our federal government's reporting system recording over 14,000 deaths from the vaccine and an additional 650,000 plus serious adverse reactions. If the COVID shot is safe and effective, then why did Dr. Gert Vandenbosch, recognized as one of the world's chief vaccine experts, risk his entire career and his reputation to plead with the medical community to immediately halt all COVID-19 vaccinations, calling mass COVID vaccinations an uncontrollable monster? Doesn't sound very safe and effective. Maybe it's time to call a spade a spade. At no time in history have the people forcing others into compliance been the good guys. Paid for by Ammon Bundy for Governor. VoteBundy.com. I kind of find it a little comical. Chris Carlson was saying, I sure hope I'm not offending anybody with all this. And I said, you are and you will. Why? Because you can't bring up the Jew question without people getting offended, right? You can't bring up the Jew discussion or the reality of the Bible. You can't defend Christians. You can't highlight the blessings of the Christians because if you do, the Jews will be offended. And if you don't, the Zionists will take over. That's the reality check, Chris. Yeah, unfortunately, you're right. You, I mean, if you want to speak truth to power, you got to be prepared to offend somebody because you're going to offend somebody no matter what you say if it's true. And I and I hope people pray, gain the spirit, read the scriptures, and find the truth of what we're saying, and they don't get offended. That's my hope and prayer. But I can't control what people do. I can just tell the truth, and the truth yeah. shall set us free. Yep. And, and that's, that's my role. Jesus that's said. my responsibility. And that and that's what the Savior of the world said, and he offended a lot of people. <laughs> Trust you, me, so much so that they had to crucify him. Uh, anyway, so I, I pose the question. Let, let's let's bring things up to modern times, Sam. Why do our Christian leaders tell us that we are mere Gentiles, while modern day Jews are God's chosen people? How do they know that we are mere Gentiles? I'm not a Gentile. I believe in my heart of hearts, and I've got spiritual evidence, and I know a lot of people don't necessarily believe that because they're of a different faith than I am, that I'm a literal descendant of Joseph through his second-born son, Ephraim. Okay? I believe that. And, I'm, and I don't believe that so that I can prop myself up and say, look at me, you know, I'm an Israelite, I'm special. No, I do that and I tell myself that so that I can act more responsibly as far as the gospel of Jesus Christ is concerned. It puts more responsibility on my shoulders. Anyway, let's continue. <clears throat> Are not these Christian leaders aware that Jesus said that by their fruits ye shall know them? Are not these Christian leaders aware that Jesus also said to the Jews that the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof? Are not these Christian leaders aware that Jesus said that other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice? 
you know, and I don't, and I go on to say, and I'll just read word for word what I wrote because this is, um, this is some in, very important information. And I hope James Edwards is listening. I don't blame modern day Zionist Jews as much for this doctrinal perversion as I do modern day Christian Zionists, Sam. The following story illustrates my point. Okay, and then that's where I go into the parable of the snake. And let's read that really quickly here because I think it's apropos to the topic. One day an Indian boy climbed a high mountain. It was cold up there. At his feet was a snake, a rattlesnake. The snake was cold and pleaded with the young man to pick it up and take it down where it was warmer. The Indian boy listened to the enticings of the serpent. He gave in. He gathered it up into his arms and covered it with his shirt. He carried it down the mountain to where it was warm. He gently put it on the grass. When the snake was warm, it raised its head and struck the boy with its poisonous fangs. The boy cursed at the snake for striking him as as an answer to his kindness. The snake replied, you knew what I was when you picked me up. And I use that illustration to illustrate modern day Zionist Christians who have bought into this lie that they're second class citizens to um, basically the Jews, as we've referred to, and that only the Jews are the God's covenant people, which I reject wholeheartedly. There's plenty of evidence to suggest that that's not the truth. And I, I ask people who buy into this, uh, and it's called Zionism. Uh, for people in the evangelical movement, you know what that means. And they bought into this notion that in order to get to heaven, and, and this is true, what I'm about to say, Sam, you basically have to serve the interests of the Jewish nation today. You have to help them build their third temple. You have to help them uh, conquer the land, uh, eradicate the land of any foreigners. You know, as, as we're going multicultural here in, in the Western world, they're trying to consolidate the land under their pure race of Jewish people. Uh, we, so we have to help them conquer that land militarily. Uh, we have to uphold their rights uh, in, the, in that land, you know, to choose who may or may not become citizens. And we've got to we, – we give the, the state of Israel, Sam, we give – this is according to uh, James Trafficken, and this is 15 years ago when he made this statement. We give Israel anywhere from 15 to $25 billion dollars worth of federal aid. And, and modern-day Zionist Christians think that that's just hunky-dory because, after all, they're God's covenant people and we're just mere Gentiles. And I think we're selling ourselves short, Sam. And I think, I think we need to, to put an end to this notion that there are two classes of people in this world, you know, one Gentile and the other God's covenant people. And if, if you're not Jewish, you're not God's covenant people. That's wrong. The ten tribes were led away. They weren't destroyed from off the face of the earth. And we better look in to, um, to where they ended up. And I believe that my explanation is just as valid, if not more, than anybody else's. And this, there's another scripture. Well, I hope I can find this quick. Cause, um, if, okay, so let, let's say... For the sake of argument, that somebody comes up to me, Sam, and says, you know what, Chris, you're all wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. The Jews are Abraham's seed, and we're mere Gentiles. If you read in the New Testament, now this is the New Testament of Jesus Christ, Galatians 3.29, it says, if you be if you be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. 
Now, what does that say, Sam? It basically said it doesn't matter if you were born into the house of Israel or not. If ye be Christ's, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So even if everything that I've told you for the last 40 minutes, Sam, is completely and totally inaccurate, according to the New Testament, the gospel of Jesus Christ, if we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, it doesn't matter if we can trace our lineage back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The only thing that matters is that we've entered into a new covenant with God and Jesus Christ to keep their commandments and to live according to their precepts. We're in. It doesn't matter what our blood is. It doesn't matter what our, our genetics are. All right. It's also important to contrast the Christians who follow the Prince of Peace versus the Jewish Mossad motto, which is by way of deception, thou shalt do war through the use of massive amounts of financial resources, deception, modern-day jewelry, uh, has managed to infiltrate everything, our Christian churches, the media, big business, finance, and basically imposing upon all of us the doctrine of dispensationalism, which basically this perverted philosophy asserts that the only way that Christians can possibly get to heaven is by serving by bowing down to the Zionist Jews. This is dishonest and not the truth according to the blessings of the Bible, Chris. Yep. It, in fact, I count it, it violates seven of the Ten Commandments, particularly the first two, thou shalt have no other gods before me. I know, as a matter of fact, that modern-day Zionist Christians, particularly those in the evangelical movement, they treat Jews as if they're above them. The only person or the only i should say personage out of respect the only personage above me is god and jesus christ no human being is above me i am a free man and i will assert that freedom and i am above nobody else we're all equals we're all in the same boat together sam if you think about it we're all sinners and as such we come short of the glory of god just like in the book of um of, uh, the book of romans romans yeah anyway and traditionally, traditionally, the Christians want to blame the Jews for all this, and they either put the Jews above everyone, or else then others hate the Jews as a result. But ladies and gentlemen, we don't blame the Zionist Jews, what foolish Christians allow them to do. The Christians outnumber them 100 plus to one. But understand the fact about this, ladies and gentlemen, hundreds of millions of people living in the world today are literal genetic descendants of Abraham. Right? Through Isaac, through Jacob. Yeah, then through Joseph, then through Ephraim, ladies and gentlemen, who have the blessings of spreading the gospel of Christ throughout the world, a tremendous responsibility to do so, and most importantly, can get to God with or without Jews. Now, hopefully all peoples come along and turn to Christ, which is the goal. But understand it's not dependent on bowing to the Jews. That's not what it depends on at all, ladies and gentlemen. And these perversions have been uh, pervasive in our society for a long time, and it's time to set the biblical record straight, Chris. And, and here's the thing. There are preachers, there are evangelical preachers, um, John Hagee being one of them, uh, Ken Copeland, another. We can go down the list. Osteen. They literally say that the Jews, since they are the people of the covenant, Sam, they don't need the atoning blood of Jesus Christ in their lives. They are saved by that original covenant. 
Last time I checked, Jesus did the same thing to that effect. He said, we all understand. We all need his atoning blood to cleanse that sin from our souls. And we're doing them a disservice. And I, this individual, that, uh, relative of mine that I referred to earlier, this individual buys into all this stuff. And they have a night where they, it's called Honor the Jews Night, where they honor Jewish people. And, and that's fine. I would suggest, however, instead of having this night saying how wonderful they are, why don't we honor the Jewish people by bringing them to Jesus Christ and telling them that they, just like we, need that atoning blood just as much. And the original covenant they broke because they crucified their Savior, unfortunately. And it starts, by the way, it starts, by the way, with being candid about who controls our institutions, our financial institutions, our media. Our Okay, you got about five or six companies that control all the media in the world, America primarily as well. Look, they're all Jewish power and influence, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're going to set the narrative straight, you got to talk about how they've used their power and influence to create this false narrative that, ah, oh, you're just a mere second class, a mere Gentile. You don't really count. What you got to do is defend and protect and promote the Jews or else you're done. Okay? That's the lie, ladies and gentlemen. We're descendants of Abraham, and we have tremendous blessings. And ladies and gentlemen, let's not put our blessing, let's not live beneath our station. Let's understand the name of Joseph through the lineage of Ephraim plays a prominent role in history, even though the 12 tribes for the most part, the 10 tribes have been lost by God. Most people don't really, re or, I'm sorry, lost by the people historically. They have not been lost by God. God did disperse them because of wickedness, but the gathering is underway. And the gathering is led by Joseph's son, Ephraim. The great missionary work shall commence. Understand that the birthright was given to Joseph, given to Ephraim. And through that birthright comes tremendous responsibility to share the gospel of Christ. And blessings shall abound to all, including the Jews. But let's be very clear. Uh, it's not about a, a, a dishonest narrative here. It's about a biblical account of reality. And then it's about putting things in perspective. We've got to challenge the narrative that's been perpetuated by, in my opinion, Jewish power and influence leaders who are perverting the gospel of Christ for their own financial gain and benefit. We gotta reject that narrative, ladies and gentlemen. We don't need to bow to these criminal leaders that follow Satan. What they've done is turn Judaism uh, into a satanic ritual to, to force the world to jettison Christ. You gotta stand with the truth, ladies and gentlemen, and turn everyone, all of God's children, to the Prince of Peace, even Jesus Christ. Final words yours, Chris. Without God, Sam, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson and liberty-loving Americans everywhere, continuing our duty to serve. God save the republic. the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk, radio Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for January 21st in the year of our Lord, 2022. 
The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to reject revolution, to stand for people, peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth, and most importantly, to return to the principles that made America great. That is God, family, and country. Welcome to the broadcast, Dr. Scott Bradley with me. Before we get to Dr. Bradley, here's what I want to do. Listen up very carefully. I got yesterday's notes to recap. We didn't get it done last hour. And then today's subject, first hour. And what I want Dr. Scott Bradley to do is listen carefully to the headlines from yesterday and the quick topic of today. And then I'm just going to let him pick up whatever topic he wants and rock and roll. Here it is. We had our guest on Eldon Stahl with us of the uh, John Burt Society with us for two hours yesterday. We also had Brian Rust with us and talked about the Honest Money Report, Constitutional Currency, Gold and Silver. We talked about our poor friend Colin Flaherty died. God rest in peace, my faithful brother. He's written a lot of books. Great guy passed away. Our prayers are with his family. We talked about the division on crypto. I guess tech billionaires are battling over what's called the Web3 revolution. Essentially, Web3 refers to an Internet operating on so-called tokenomics. It's not about marijuana, ladies and gentlemen, but tokenomics are these little money digital tokens. They're digital units of cryptocurrency, if you will. Um, anyway, we talked about in May and October, Cryptopia will descend on Salt Lake City. We talked about QR code scams around the rise. We talked about the Earth's core is rapidly cooling. Yeah, is our, climate, is our planet becoming inactive, asks USA Today. So they've been telling us about global warming for decades. Before that, they talked about global cooling. Now they're saying global warming is the big threat, but the Earth's core is cooling. What the heck? Science all over the map, as always. Belgium no longer recommending the Moderna vaccine for those under 31 years old. Why? Because it gives heart inflammation. It's a disaster, and they've now suspended that. That was hour one. Hour two, we talked about Dr. Meryl Nast, this incredible doctor that was forced to undergo a psychiatric examination after they pulled her license because she won't tell the dishonest lie on COVID. Even the AMA Code of Ethics says duty to the patient is a doctor's primary responsibility. We talked about on December 12, 2021, the New American Magazine has launched an incredible increased or vastly improved Freedom Index, if you will, along with the Freedom Scorecard. And it's an educational resource to help people understand when their politicians are acting constitutionally and when they're not. We talked about the Freedom Index rates members of Congress based on their adherence to constitutional principles and more. We rejected the CONCON, the people's misguided push for a convention. They're going to get something they wish they never had, ladies and gentlemen. A CONCON is an absolute con. It's a disaster. We talked about that the TSA is using arrest warrants as IDs to fly for illegals. We talked about that in great detail. That was yesterday's show. Now, today's first hour, we talked about some very unique things. We talked about let's review the Lord's blessings to Joseph. Yeah, the Jews get an honorable mention. Understand that we talked about the confirmation of the tribe of Joseph's birthright blessing through the loins of Ephraim, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, really it goes from uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to Joseph, to Ephraim, whose responsibility it is to share the gospel of Christ around the world. Okay, do you know why Reuben's birthright was taken from him, ladies and gentlemen, and given to Joseph? 
the name of Joseph and his lineage through Ephraim plays a prominent role in world history. Even though the 12 tribes or the other 10 tribes may be lost to the world, they're not lost to God Almighty. The blessings will be realized now or in the future. The prophecies and the truth of God's promises will be complete in God's own time. Why do our Christian leaders tell us that we're mere Gentiles? The Jews are the chosen people. See, that's the biblical lie. Ladies and gentlemen, is, uh, we've had deception on this. They've used money and influence and power to tell the lie that, man, you gotta, you got to bow to the Jew if you want any freedom or salvation. No. Ladies and gentlemen, this, per, this perverted philosophy asserts that the only way to get to God is through the Jews. The only way to have salvation and safety is through this Zionism Jew view. The truth is, ladies and gentlemen, we don't blame Zionist Jews for perverting this lie as much as Christians for not reading their Bible. The fact is, ladies and gentlemen, hundreds of millions of people living in the world today are genetic descendants of Abraham. And understand, ladies and gentlemen, that it's our responsibility if we're through the loins of Joseph and Ephraim. Our job is to spread the word and do missionary work. Tell the tale of the Prince of Peace. Let people know about the biblical truths. All of the 12 tribes have blessings. But a unique blessing went to Joseph. It's beyond debate. And so to understand this, and we're not attacking the Jews or anybody else, what we're doing is highlighting the biblical reality of blessings. Why does that matter? Because the people, the, the primary ancestors of the northern European continents are the ones that came to America and built the greatest country on the face of the earth in preparation for Jesus Christ to return. That's why it matters. So that's a big old summary of a lot of radio, doctor. Where do you want to start, my friend? Oh, man, I'll tell you, my, uh, I don't know, my cup runneth over. We just made your head explode, didn't we, sir? Yeah, we, like I say, my cup runneth <laughs> over. We have a broad spectrum of things that could possibly be discussed. I, you, By the way, do you know say, a single talk show that talks about the breadth and depth of discussions as we do? There isn't one, is there? Uh, no, I, there isn't. And, and, you know, it's interesting to me that, you know, I let's just talk about this. God's children think for a moment or two, and I don't want to get too bogged down in this, but the fact of the matter is the modern state of Israel is not Israel. It is simply not. It's a, it's a humanist, secular, socialist uh, state that basically uh, claims the name Israel. At the very best, they're a small segment of one of the tribes of Israel, but they they claim that they have everything under their auspices. Now, it's interesting to me that when Moses first brought the children of Israel, all 12 tribes, into that so-called promised land, there were covenants that were necessary to be made. The people had to say, okay, if we get this great gift of this covenant land, we have to abide by these covenants. And if not, then we'll have these cursings that are upon us. And so I have to look back into the, you know, the early days of, of uh, the migration into the, the so-called promised land by uh, Jews from Europe. And there were no covenants made. The individuals that led that effort were basically um, the very nicest, softest thing I can say about them is they were socialists. You know, the David Ben-Gurions and the Golda Meyers and the uh, Moshe Dayans and those people that are held in such uh, regard in the modern state of Israel. But it's interesting to me, uh, the covenants that were made with Abraham, and you go back and read them in Genesis, in Genesis 12, for example, 
where um, Abraham was chosen to be the one that would kind of have a, a covenant and a promised people come from him. Well, if you go to Genesis 21, you see that Hagar, the woman that bore Ishmael to Abraham, had a reiteration of that covenant for her posterity. Who is Ishmael, the father of the Arabs? And so it's interesting to me. I I guess I, I kind of have to remind people that God is the father of us all. He has his children. Many are dispersed around the world. In fact, all of us are dispersed around the world because that's where we live. But the fact of the matter is that God has given promises all through history, and the Abrahamic covenant, the Abrahamic promise, is much more widely offered than simply one tribe of Israel's sons. And it includes those that that have inhabited the Middle East for centuries. And, and we look at uh, the uh, heinous, egregious violations of uh, a genocidal effort as, as the, the modern state of Israel was established. The Palestinian people, who were descendants of Ishmael, were, were driven and, and stoned, if you will, murdered. Uh, millions, literally, have faced that as the modern state of Israel has displaced these other people. It is so interesting to me that the genocidal efforts of Nazi Germany were replicated in large measure with what happened uh, to establish the modern state of Israel. So we have a very perverse view. Uh, by the way, uh, this has been a very interesting course of study for me. And when I did my undergraduate work, I, I focused on political science, if you will. But th there was kind of two thrusts. One was the Middle East, and one was, uh, was the establishment of the nation of the United States. And, and honestly, it, the, the, the issues in the Middle East are far more complex and far more deep, if you will, than, than the simplistic view that's offered by modern Christianity, mostly, honestly. Modern Christian uh, pastors, leaders, oftentimes have, have really sold out the United States and our Constitution in an effort to promote the Zionist perspective. And this has nothing to do with uh, being anti-Semitic. It has to do with recognizing the hand of God on everybody's lives. Sounds like and it has nothing to do with attacking the Jews, but it does have to do with realizing that there are other blessings given to those who receive the birthright via God's direction through lineage to bless the world today. That's the real point. Hang tight with Dr. Scott Bradley in seconds on your radio. Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? 
please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. Those who are shallow might take a surface review of what we say and say that we're bigots and enemies. That could not be further from the truth, ladies and gentlemen. What we're talking about is the history, the lineage of God, and who kept covenants and who did not. Who kept the commandments of God and who did not. And those who keep the commandments of God have rich blessings and promises from God that have been and or will be realized. Those who do not make and or keep covenants with God simply lose the birthright. They don't have those blessings. They miss out on those blessings. This is not an attack on certain ethnicities or certain peoples or certain areas of the world. It is a understanding historically of God's law and his communication with his children and how his children can be blessed if they do what he says, if they make and keep covenants. Dr. Bradley, let's start there. Well, that is absolutely true. And as we mentioned that as Moses brought the children of Israel, again, we need to understand that's all 12 tribes. That is not one selected lineage. It's all 12 tribes. He brought them into the promised land. And recognizing, too, that, that Abraham's promise is extended to his children that have lived throughout not just the Middle East but the world also. This idea of acrimonious kind of choosing individuals and uh, picking sides and getting involved in, in holy wars, so-called, or religious wars, is, is the antithesis of God and Christ. Uh, there, he loves all of his children. And, and the point of the matter is, is, is that many times, based upon our uh, <laughs> violation of the sound counsel that was given by the American Founding Fathers, to not pick sides, to not go to war on behalf of others, to not, I mean, whether it's this Russian-Ukrainian thing that's going on, or the Jews and the Arabs, or the ideas of, of Saudi Arabian Sunnis versus uh, Shiites, I mean, come on. This, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're creating the best enemies money can buy, and, and we're basically burning bridges all over the world. And, and our point should be 
We abide in God's counsel in every way. Those who first came to this land, uh, the, the Pilgrim Puritans, for example, in November of 1620, they wrote the Mayflower Compact. And, uh, and it begins with the, the words, in the name of God, amen. It is a covenant between themselves, a body politic, and God. They're bringing God into a kind of a, a three-way promise that they're going to establish. And it, as it says very clearly in the, the uh, Mayflower Compact, for the furtherance of the Christian faith. That's this belief in our Savior. And that was the very beginnings of what was established in this nation, uh, before it was a nation. And, and we look as we roll forward, and were there time, uh, there's, there's more examples than could be possibly given. But throughout the very founding principles, this looking to God and seeking to find his will was every step of the way, overarching, undergirding everything else that happened. That was the basis of the founding of this nation. We look at the, for example, the Declaration of Independence. God is mentioned four times. The concepts that are found therein are talked about at length in by the mentors found the the mentors of the founders, the modest and even and lots. even the premise of the whole Declaration of Independence says we want to put before God our reasons for doing what we're doing because we know that God's blessings as we make covenants are there. We got to make sure that we're justified before God in our actions. If not, we will lose the blessings. That's the premise, right? Well, absolutely. And and every step of the way, this was this was foundational. You look at the the Liberty Bell, for example, Leviticus 25, you know, proclaim liberty throughout the land. Go back and read Leviticus 25. It is a review of the covenant of the Sabbath day. And again, we've talked about it much on your program. The Sabbath day is a sign of the covenant between God's people and God. If you keep the Sabbath day holy, oh, you're saying, hey, I, yeah, I want to continue that covenant. You don't keep it holy? Nope, you don't. And it's far too many instances. The Sabbath day has become a holiday rather than a holy day. And so uh, the, the covenant is withdrawn. The promise was broken by us, not by God. God cannot lie. And, and when he has set, set something forth and offers it to us and we accept it, we become his. And, and it's regardless of, you know, if, if you're willing to do those kinds of things, he welcomes you into the fold, if you will. And, um, and, and it's interesting, the Savior during his mortal ministry said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's what this world needs so desperately is that Savior offered rest. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. But yet we, we seem to be just, excuse the phraseology, but we're hell-bent on destroying our own peace, our own joy, our own happiness. You know, we have to rail and wrangle against, you know, back in 1967. Uh, and I remember those days well, and it's like, oh, boy. Don't tell me, Grandpa, about all the things. That, anyway, at that time, Israel and, and Iran were the closest of trade partners. I mean, there were good things happening between those two countries. And now anything Iranian is going to have Israeli missiles raining down on it any chance they get, whether it's in Syria or Lebanon. 
or covert operations in Iran. And, and it's like, no, wait, <laughs> the, the Persians, that, that's who the Iranians are. They were some of the greatest friends that the, the Jews ever had when, they, when Cyrus arranged to turn them loose from their 70-year hiatus in Babylon because, if you read the end of Second Chronicles, the Jews had failed to keep the covenant of the Sabbath. And the land needed a Sabbath, and they were taken out of the land so the land could rest. They had forgotten their covenant of the Sabbath. I mean, so much of the history of the world is a review of covenant-making and covenant-breaking. And as the people forget, we, we lose God's protecting umbrella. And, and I fear in the United States that great protecting umbrella that was originally established over this nation. Who in the world would have thought this dusty backwater colony group could defeat the greatest military force on the earth at the time, you know, not just the on land forces, but at sea, and who could go on and make it stick in the, the uh, War of 1812? Uh, we really were free. We had defeated the greatest military force on the earth, but it was by God's hand. And I can give numerous examples of state-sponsored, if you will, days of fasting and prayer throughout the, the um, revolutionary period. Certainly, it occurred up, through, up to that point and continued through it. And there were passages by legislatures that said, you know, we're setting aside this day. George Washington's general orders at times reflected a request that his troops be righteous and faithful and and uh, turn their hearts to God. Uh, and, and, and I honestly, I think about what happened up through World War II. Uh, George Patton made a, uh, a great plea through his army. Uh, probably a third of a million men got a, an order, if you will, on a postcard that said, here's a prayer you ought to offer on behalf of our efforts to uh, have victory. Uh, and, and people offered prayers. I I personally know people who prayed their sons through conflicts. I mean, literally, probably sons that were not worthy of the prayers of their mothers. But yet and still, the faithful offering of prayers by mothers resulted in those sons being brought home from Vietnam, let's say. I just, sometimes it, it shocks me at how dense we become in, in this world that we're trying to make completely secular. And, of course, our educational system has, has abandoned God. I mean, I'm old enough. I remember we had prayers every morning in our school. And uh, they were a pause to give recognition of God's hand. Without any real precedent or, or justification, that was stopped falsely by Supreme Court ruling. Just like the ruling to kill babies is okay. I mean, the Supreme Court just runs amok constantly. And uh, and we as a nation are, are I'm afraid going to bear the <laughs> the burden of that. I, I've many times on your program, Sam, have uh, spoken of of what George Mason said in the 1787 Constitution Convention about the fact that nations don't exist in the eternities, and of a consequence must receive their rewards or punishments in life. And if this nation ladies fails and gentlemen, to recognize that, ladies and gentlemen, covenants are key. Those who keep covenants with God have rich, tremendous blessings. 
With those blessings come tremendous responsibility, let's never forget. Those who break covenants lose blessings. Those who never make covenants don't have those blessings in the first place because blessings are predicated on keeping God's commandments. We'll continue and talk about how that relates to America and the return of Jesus Christ in seconds with Dr. Bradley. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The Justice Department on Thursday charged four Belarusian government officials with conspiracy to commit aircraft piracy as part of an operation to arrest a dissident Belarusian journalist. The Belarusian opposition on The Guardian said the journalist was coerced to appear in a video broadcast on state TV. We shouldn't believe any of uh, the words of uh, these people, including Roman Panathasevich. Uh, we uh, because you have to understand uh, how these words are forced to, to say. Prosecutors say the officials fabricated a bomb threat aboard a Ryanair flight carrying the journalist Roman Pratasevich last May. As the Biden administration is regarding Russian escalation in Ukraine as almost a foregone conclusion, it should be noted the Russians are still at the table, and Vladimir Putin may be seeking concessions from the West rather than a military confrontation with their neighbor. USA Radio News. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. As some people point to the Uyghurs' plight in China as blatant human rights abuses, rewarding China with an Olympics that allows such atrocities within their borders may not be the best message. Or the Chinese cover-up of the pandemic that has destroyed the lives of millions around the world might be another reason for a thumbs-down to the Olympics. Not to worry, as the U.S. Olympic team will be in the communist nation in full force next month. With the Winter Olympics getting ready to start in about two weeks, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says... President Biden isn't worried about the athletes going to China. We work closely with the U.S. Olympic Committee. The athletes are going. The president's looking forward to cheering. I'm a bit Olympics-obsessed myself, and I'm looking forward to cheering for them as well from home. She made the comments on Fox. Officials are advising American athletes, though, to leave their personal electronics at home and use burner phones to avoid being tracked by the Chinese government. From the USA Radio News Pacific Northwest Bureau, I'm Wendy King. We are USA Radio News. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Scott Bradley with me. His goal in life to preserve the nation, his collegiate series created to match with incredible lectures, books, and guidelines to help people study the importance of the Abrahamic Covenant. A blessing for all people. Gospel covenants bring promised blessings. 
the covenant of the promised land, ladies and gentlemen. This is for all God's children. This is not an attack on anyone. Understand the fact hundreds of millions of people living in the world today are literal descendants, genetically so, of Abraham. The Abrahamic covenant and the creation of the United States of America, the promised land, if you will, are inseparably connected, ladies and gentlemen. Understand that. And so as we continue, we want to talk more about blessings and covenants uh, and the promised land and why America um, had God's hand on her rise to prominence. Now, we're betraying those promises, betraying those covenants as of late. We've got to return to the promises and the covenants that God has given us. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake, uh, the history and God's hand on who the birthright was handed to lineage-wise through the history of the world all comes down eventually to this idea that we're going to create a promised land, a covenant land. And through those covenants, we're going to prepare people as a light on a hill eventually for Christ to return. I mean, that's the summation, Dr. Bradley. But let's dig in about the promised land, about covenants. Our founding fathers understood those important covenants, and they willingly made them. You know, it's it's interesting to me. I um, I think sometimes the spirit rests upon people without them knowing the full the full measure of understanding that might come. Sometimes, or a lot of the time, because that's the whole yeah. history of the world, isn't it? It is indeed, and I think that being willing to kind of be led by the power of the spirit in a in a positive and a uh, kind of a way that builds the kingdom is is really kind of one of the key things to to our progress as people and uh, and boy there's a i've got a three hour <laughs> set of lectures that I give about religious liberty and and I start back in the days of Christianity being founded in the in the you know the middle east and the romans and and what went across the nations that became europe um it's interesting to me that uh, those acrimonies that, that were so viciously carried out against the Christian people by persecutors, all of that happened. Some of the most egregious violations, I mean, just a review of the torture implements that were used against those that believed in Christ, uh, you know, the, the inquisitional things that happened and Oh man, the the Holy See and how it it bore down so heavily heavily upon people, and and what drove the people to come to this nation? Uh, it was in large measure. Uh, there's people that came for all sorts of reasons, you know, gold diggers or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, the a great portion, an overwhelming majority, I would say, of the people that came here came that they might worship according to the dictates of their conscience. And so I'm not sure that everybody had a full understanding of, oh, this is this is God's hand of me moving. No, they were motivated by their own individual desires. And, the, and they came to this land to worship. A lot of times they weren't very good at letting others worship according to their dictates of their conscience. There was a growing period. But over time there came to be a feeling of this land being God's land a covenant land, a promised land. And in my scriptures, the first reference to a promised land ever at the earliest date 
refers to this land, this land as a promised land. Now, there are other promised lands to other people, too. And I will not detract nor, you know, I mean, I think that it's wonderful that different peoples have promised lands. But this land is a particular promised land, according to my belief system. And, and it has been established again by the hand of God in these days as a preparatory work to bring about, you know, the return of the Savior and prepare a people to do so. It behooves us to turn our hearts to God and to become a, a people worthy to receive our Savior and to re- not just receive him but be embraced by him and help carry forth his work because there's much work yet to be done. You know, and it's interesting to me that every, I don't know if I can say this in every instance, but generally so I'd say, every principle set forth by God is is associated with a promise. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land. And as we look at the different principles that are offered, the principles, okay, honor the Sabbath day to keep it holy. We read about that in Exodus and Deuteronomy. Well, if we if we go to Ezekiel 20, we read uh, a very specific, um, you know, covenant promise that goes with that about the, the, the Lord gave Sabbaths to be a sign between himself and the people that they might know that he is the Lord that sanctifieth them. And he goes on. That's in verse 12, for example, in the 20th chapter of Ezekiel. And uh, uh, the the verse 20 says, And hallow my Sabbaths, and they shall be a sign between me and you, that ye may know that I am the Lord your God. Now, uh, you go on to read in there how the people rebelled against that. And, and, and I don't want to write an indictment against the entire nation, because I have traveled this nation from my youth, from Florida to Alaska, New York to California, and I have met magnificent people that, to greater or lesser degrees, love the Lord and want to do His work. Uh, you wouldn't believe that, probably, by listening to the humanists that's, that teach in schools, the elementaries and the junior highs and high schools and certainly the universities. You wouldn't believe it by listening to the talking heads on the media. You wouldn't believe it by watching the actions of politicians. But there are good good people in this land and that to me gives me great hope but we need to turn our hearts back to the God who made this land the freest most prosperous most happy most respected nation on earth and and we can do it again if we will make that individual choice to follow that path so now ladies and gentlemen let's let's add to this though I agree with Dr. Bradley that you know oftentimes the spirit moves upon us and we don't have the full understanding uh, that God has. We don't have the historical context that we're highlighting today. Uh, we don't understand a lot of it, but the founders were intimately familiar with the Bible. The government that we have today, the Constitutional Republic, was based on biblical examples of checks and balances, on biblical Abrahamic covenants, a blessing for all people. Gospel covenants bring promised blessings. The founders understood these general principles. Our founding fathers believed, ladies and gentlemen, devoutly that there was a God in heaven and that the inalienable rights of man were rooted not in the state nor the legislature nor in any other human power 
but in God Almighty. God Almighty alone. And our founding fathers understood the covenant of the promised land in general. They knew that unless they entered into a covenant with God, they would never succeed. So you're right. They didn't have a full understanding. I concur. Neither do we today, although, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But uh, they understood these fundamental realities, though, and they built our government on that understanding and premise, Doctor. Well, indeed they did, and, and that, that was built upon not, not only the – well, if you, if you look at the most quoted references, if you will, by the American founders, they were writings of, of Blackstone, Montesquieu, and Locke. Uh, but what Blackstone, Montesquieu, and Locke were generally quoting, which the founders quoted, was the scriptures. And then by far and away, overarching all of the others, was the quotations of, of out of the holy scriptures. So that was the basis of the understanding they had. And and if you look, for example, with Blackstone, studied uh, very diligently by the American founders, the original first volume talks about how God's law takes precedence over all other laws, and that if any one of man's laws uh, is in contradiction of God's law, it's it's invalid. That's just the basis of how they lived. And these things were brought forth and understood. And Montesquieu, for example, oh, my goodness, I mean, whew, where to go with all of these things? Uh, Montesquieu uh, studied all of the types of government that he could kind of conceive of as he looked around the world. And, and he talked about republics, which is what the United States is. It's contrary to what all academes and most media people say. This republic, he says, what is a republic? He tried to come up with a brief phrase or a single word that described uh, the different forms of government, monarchies and different tyrannies and all those other things. But when he talked about republic, he talked about virtue. Virtue is the principal element of a republic, and we could talk at length about that and how important it is in the preservation of a republic if we need to. I know we got Ladies and gentlemen, let's be clear. God's laws are higher than man's laws. The founders understood that reality check. We'll talk more with Dr. Scott Bradley in seconds as time flies on your radio. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's buckaroo calendar order online from rangemagazine.com loving liberty network salutes the spirit of the american west at rangemagazine.com i think that my family has always had a big influence on me for not smoking because since i was little i was taught that smoking was wrong recent studies indicate that smoking among teens often leads to the use of alcohol and other drugs I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Mom, you don't know anything about me anymore. <sighs> Honey, I know you're good at math. You don't like English. I know Ryan smiled at you yesterday at school. I know your favorite color is purple. And I know you don't like mushrooms. 
And who can blame you? I mean, mushrooms are a fungus, and people generally try to avoid funguses. Or is it fungi? Never quite sure. But, you know, either way, I mean, penicillin is good. Penicillin is a mold. Huh. Well, I guess you're right. So you like penicillin, but not mushrooms. <laughs> no matter what you talk about, love is what they'll hear. Mom, mm. if we talk, will you be quiet? Love to. A thought from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Visit us at mormon.org. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley, live on your radio. Dr. Bradley was talking about God's laws are higher than man's laws. He was also talking about only virtuous people are capable of freedom, doctor. Well, just going back to Montesquieu briefly, and, and again, a, a whole dissertation could be written about this, but because, by the way, George Washington's initial inaugural address talked about his administration being based upon virtue, both public and private. And um, Montesquieu wrote of it in a very interesting thing. That was the single word descriptor of a republic. Virtue was was an essential element. And he went so far as to say that if the, the women of a nation lose their virtue, they will lose their constitution and have a change of government. And, and it's really interesting, and that's not to give a pass to men because... <laughs> Goodness knows uh, it is a, a full court press to try and destroy the virtue of a nation. And I suspect oftentimes Satan kind of felt like he had a lock on so many men that he ought to work on the women nowadays. But, but we have been, we are, it's astounding to me that the, um, the full media press of, of vapid women that are paraded across the screens of America um, th these these women that that are empty-headed, complete airhead bubble. Uh, they're they're that they have no sound foundation, and uh, and consequently, it, we as a nation, I think, are struggling because of the icons that are put up of of people that are are so completely vapid in terms of the way that they would look at their divine role. And, and uh, that's what's presented. Uh, obviously, it hasn't been fully accepted across the nation. But unfortunately, good and virtuous women oftentimes are not just overlooked, but they're ridiculed uh, for their divine role. And so Montesquieu recognized that. And, um, and I think there's been a concerted effort in, in my lifetime. I mean, you look at, at uh, Alfred Kinsey's studies about these things and what he made popular through the academic approach. You look at Hugh Hefner and, and these others of these publishers that have denigrated everything sacred, everything virtuous, lovely, of good report, and praiseworthy. They have just cut the guts out of uh, the things that, that made this nation what it was to begin with. You know, I grew up in the days of Leave it to Beaver and Father Knows Best, and, and, and we moved through the, the 70s. It was almost in a, in a single year the, the nation seemed to have the wheels fall off of it in terms of virtue. So we've got to restore that virtue and, and recognize the, the great value of purity in our homes and in our lives. And as Washington said, public and private virtue needs to become the sway. And, and far too many people today 
compartmentalize their, oh, shall we say their attitudes or their beliefs or whatever. It's okay in this setting. I go to church and I'm a pious, you know, humble, whatever, the image I try to portray. But yet in business, or you look at what happens on in business meetings or outings, whatever, holy cow, how can we be pleasing to God if we have standards that shift based upon the setting we're in? So Ladies I, I and gentlemen, I, it's, important, it's important to understand that God's laws are higher than man's laws. It's important to understand that our founding fathers understood the covenant making necessary to remain free. It's important to understand that our founding fathers believed devoutly there was a God. The Abrahamic covenant still is in force, ladies and gentlemen. And if you look at the lineage, the history of the world, and then the rise of the greatest country on the face of the earth, the United States, it was because they turned to God Almighty as their guide. They turned to the scriptures as their framework. They prayed hard. They worked hard. They understood that morality mattered, that virtue must be center. Were they perfect? No. But you know what? Only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. The founding fathers taught that clearly. And understand that America is still a covenant land, ladies and gentlemen. Now, we may be turning our backs on that. We may lose sight of that. And as we do, we will suffer the consequences of those actions. So it's our quest on your radio today to bring us back to that remembrance, bring us back to that understanding, bring us back to that central focus point of virtue. You know, de Tocqueville came to America and cruised around the country. And when he did, he said, you know what? America's great because the people are good. He meant good as in virtuous. He talked about how there was virtually no laws stopping people from doing things they ought not do. But he said the people are good. They just don't, they don't break those laws. They're self-governing. Because God's law is higher than man's law. Uh, that was the summation uh, of his experience, doctor. And we need to remember in our day now that, you know what, this still matters. This still is a covenant land. This still is an offer. As Christ prepares to come, uh, God is working. His hand is in this. And it's preparing us to receive Jesus Christ when he returns. That is the focal point of America being a light on a hill. That is the purpose. It's to help us be free as we learn to turn to God and become more like him and uh, through missionary work and sharing the gospel of Christ worldwide. It's about preparing a people for the return of Jesus Christ and a nation that's free enough to accomplish those ends, Dr. Bradley. Absolutely. The, in fact, you brought up Tocqueville and his recognition that there wasn't a law against everything during the era that he was here, you know, the 1830s. Uh, the people didn't need a law for everything because, as you point out, they were self-governing because they understood God's law. It was one of those things, you know, right now the Utah legislature's in session. They'll probably, in this 45-day session, come up with 500 to 900 new laws. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine? We need 500 new laws to, to impose Every upon year, for else. crying out loud. Yeah, if you look at it over 10 years, there's 5,000. You look at it, I mean, come on, people. But but Tocqueville says, you know what? There isn't a law against everything in the United States because the people recognized the, that God governed over all things, and they tried to manage their affairs according to that. Of course, there's exceptions. Always people want to argue with me about that. But the point of the matter is that when they when they sent people out to the to the Northwest Territory, for example, uh, there were there were people that 
taught the Word of God. And the, and the idea was if the people were, that were to be brought into the nation as new states were less religious, they had a lower religiosity than the people along the eastern seaboard, they would, they would be a weakness into the republic. And so they wanted the people to have a sound understanding all across the land. And so, yes, there were, there were preachers, if you will, that went out there. I've, I've got an example in my book about a, in a court system where, where an atheist, an avowed atheist, wanted to testify. Well, the judge didn't let him because he was, you know, he says, you know what, you could take an oath before God. And in your mind, there's no validity because God doesn't exist. And so you could lie through your teeth. We'd be deceived because we thought you were t telling the truth, and we'd make a bad sh decision. He wouldn't let him testify in the court. That's how the people were. And, and today, it seems that the farther we can get away from God, the more acceptable it is to the general uh, leadership, the judges, the, the politicians, and so on, and and I'm not talking about a, a kind of a a partisan or a uh, uh, based upon one belief system. These are the universal belief systems, and that's what Jefferson talked about. That's what Franklin talked about, about all the things that that are are found in the words of Christ, if you will. And and by the way, Jefferson uh, was the author. In fact. We just uh, we just had an anniversary. They just barely a, f a few days ago, in 1786, they they had passed the uh, Religious Liberties Act of Virginia, and uh, Jefferson had authored that. He'd tried for a number of years to get it um, to get it passed. People could and should worship, but he made a point of saying that religious liberty does not include criminal actions. Like for example, mercy, not mercy. What do they call them? Honor killings and stuff like that, okay? That is clearly criminal. And so some belief systems out there that claim a religious right to, say, kill their daughter for dating an infidel or something like that, uh, it's not in keeping with the standard that was conceived in America as being based upon the teachings of Christ. And by the way, Jefferson uh, had... Uh, the words of Christ that he read every single night in the original languages before he retired. He said that was the source of the purest doctrines of religious truth, the words of Christ. He felt like many priestcrafts and, and um, agenda-driven <laughs> changes had been made in, in religious doctrine, and he tried to go back to the very origin, the very source of of uh, religious liberty, and, and that was the Savior. So all of these things, Americans need to realize that their heritage is rich in, in these godly things. It's rich in promise, in covenants. And if we can turn our hearts back to those kinds of things, I am absolutely confident that this nation will be restored to its greatness and, and we'll get rid of this acrimonious, political, partisan, uh, party jarring that's, that's tearing the nation apart, that's Marxist. The Marxist philosophy is godless. The Marxist philosophy is based upon conflict, upon, you know, pitting one party or, or group of people against another, religion against religion, race against race, men against women, management against labor. I mean, 
And, and the Marxist approach is to stir the pot, and that's exactly what's being done with our partisan politics right now. And, and they're playing those race cards and everything else to the destruction of the nation. And they're setting aside the brotherhood of man. Ladies and gentlemen, Satan divides, godless agendas uh, destroy. And we need to realize that God loves all of his children. He has offered to make covenants with us. Those who are willing to make covenants with God and keep them are blessed beyond measure. And this isn't to a certain group. This is an extension uh, by God to all of his children. Uh, you know what? If we are virtuous, we shall be free. If we keep the commandments of God, he will bless us. It's a very simple proposition that, that, that we have before us. Will we use our agency to follow Christ? Will we use our agency to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world as a light on a hill? Or will we lose that blessing because we, what, have other gods before him? Because we uh, aren't cognizant of our history, of our rich heritage, so we lose it because we cannot save ourselves any faster than we gain knowledge. We can't save ourselves, but we can have knowledge to do what it takes to be saved, which is to turn it over to Christ, whose sacrifice is more than enough for us all. The atonement of Christ matters. And this nation was set up to prepare people for the Savior Jesus Christ and his return. Will we keep the covenant and realize the blessings is the question we leave you with today. Chris Carlson helped me on the first hour. Dr. Scott Bradley with me on the second hour. The goal is to make and keep covenants and realize blessings as we follow the Prince of Peace and realize that we're all God's children and we need to start acting like it yesteryear, yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, right away. Because we declare this nation shall endure. For Dr. Scott Bradley, Chris Carlson, Sam Bushman, and the rest of you, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. The promised land, baby. 